It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. You can check out the podcast by rate, reviewing, and subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on the brand new Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey, and man, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us, so I'm sure you're listening on one of those platforms right now. Okay, coming up on today's show. I want to get into more of a question I was asked on Friday in the inaugural edition of the Friday Mailbag, which we're going to be doing pretty weekly here, probably throughout the rest of the offseason, maybe into the season. So please go ahead and get in your mailbag questions to me now. You can tweet at me and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. My DMs are open. Don't get crazy, though, but the DMs are open. You can either at me or tweet at me. I'll certainly put out a tweet later this week asking for mailbag questions. Really great addition to the mailbag. Um, Everyone putting in their questions on Friday. Really appreciate you doing that. So I want to get into one of the questions that I was asked about that even further about the Carolina Panthers backup quarterback situation and if they should go out there and add a veteran, which they might already have one on the roster that they could keep. Also, the NFL win totals came out on Friday. The Panthers have one that makes a lot of sense to me. Over, under, as we're heading into the NFL draft next Thursday night, where do you see the Carolina Panthers? Where do I see the Carolina Panthers? I'll let you know about that. And also, I keep thinking about the draft in that second round. And I'm not quite sure whether the priority, if they do go, in fact, off to tackle at the first pick, which I hope that they do at eight, whether it's Panay Sewell or Sean Slater, I want them to get an offensive tackle at eight. I'm curious to what they do at 39 and what should be the priority. Should it be a guard? Should it be a wide receiver, a corner, a safety? What should be the priority for the Carolina Panthers when they get to 39 in the draft next Friday night? So all that coming up right here on the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So starting off with the quarterback situation here in Carolina. Someone asked me on Friday if the Carolina Panthers should be, I mean, what are they going to do in terms of their backup going to the season? Assuming, of course, that Sam Darnold, who the Panthers just traded for two weeks ago, sitting at this year's six-round pick, a compensatory pick, and next year's second and fourth to the New York Jets for Sam Darnold to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And they are planning on exercising his fifth-year option, which they have to do by May 3rd, two days after the NFL draft. Something they have yet to do, as Matt Rule let us know last Monday in the press conference that introduced Sam Darnold to the fan base and to the Carolinas. 
So that was curious. I don't imagine the Carolina Panthers gave away three picks, especially next year's second and fourth for them not to have Sam Darnold on the roster for at least two years. But as I've spoken about, if Darnold does not play well, the Carolina Panthers are going to be back in the same situation next offseason trying to find that franchise quarterback. It would not surprise me if that happens. I hope it doesn't happen. But considering how Sam Darnold played in New York the last three years, and I get it, there's plenty of excuses, but the numbers back up that he was not a very good quarterback in New York, and he actually did not even have better numbers throughout his career than a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who was on the Panthers roster this past season, and to this point remains on the roster, even though he has spoken to the Panthers and Scott Fitterer and his and Teddy's agent and his team. They have spoken and given Teddy the opportunity to go out there and seek a trade like last year when the Panthers gave Cam Newton an opportunity to seek a trade, but it eventually did cut him. Now, cutting Teddy Bridgewater does not work for the Carolina Panthers. They need to find a trade partner if they want to get anything out of Teddy. Like, they're not saving any money by cutting him. It's a horrible cap situation. I think it's a $20 million dead cap hit that they take if they cut Teddy Bridgewater anytime. So, it's either trade him or he stays on the roster. And when you're looking at a backup quarterback situation, wouldn't it make more sense for Carolina, a team that is hoping to take that next step forward this year, and be in contention for a playoff spot, wouldn't it make more sense for this organization just to keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster? Like, seriously, if you look at Sam Darnold, of course, he's been up and down. I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater at some point in the season should replace Sam Darnold if Darnold struggles. I think you already invested in Darnold, which they would have done once they go ahead and pick up the fifth-year option by May 3rd. You've already invested basically two seasons in him. You gave up three picks. He should be your starter, starting quarterback if he's healthy, unless he's just brutal, and the only other option you have is to go to Teddy Bridgewater. But looking at Sam Darnold's first three seasons in New York and in the NFL, he's yet to have played a 16-game season. I brought this up before. He's missed a total of 10 games, two or three games basically a year he's missed. And now the NFL is going to a 17-game schedule. So if he's going to miss three games or four games, that's going to hurt the Carolina Panthers. And will they be able to win if they're going out there with Will Greer or P.J. Walker, which I would assume if Teddy Bridgewater leaves, that would then be the backup quarterback situation for the time being. Now, they could obviously add a veteran, but wouldn't it make more sense to keep a guy who already understands the terminology, who already knows the offense, and Teddy Bridgewater, a guy a year ago, Matt Rule, in his front office, believed in. Now, they don't believe in him anymore, even though Matt Rule did say last Monday that he believes that you can win with Teddy Bridgewater, and he loves Teddy as a competitor and as a professional and all, yada, 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 but he's just not the guy for him. I just think for the Carolina Panthers, if they want to be a team that's trying to be in cl- playoff contention, it makes a hell of a lot more sense to keep Teddy Bridgewater around. You've already been working around the $23 million cap hit that he has this upcoming season. You don't owe him any money past 2021. $7 million will become guaranteed in week one. That's a lot of money that you don't want to give up, but doesn't it make a little bit more sense to keep Teddy opposed to going out there and signing like an Alex Smith, which I saw an article out there trying to say why the Panthers should sign Alex Smith, which I, I don't really, doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all, especially with the leg that he still had issues with that caused him to miss the playoff game for the Washington football team. Teddy Bridgewater should stay on the roster. I'm not saying that Teddy's a play at all, but considering the fact that Darnold had a foot injury that cost him a couple games his rookie year, then he had the mono in year two, and then last year he had the shoulder injury that he re-aggravated. Like, he had the shoulder, missed a couple games, re-aggravated it, missed a couple games again. It makes a lot more sense to me, if I'm Carolina, to keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster. Like, what amount of picks are you thinking you're going to get? Like, are they going to get a second rounder for Teddy? Probably not. 
third? I, I don't know. You look around the NFL and the quarterback situations, they're pretty much, they've played out. Denver is a team that probably might want to move up in the draft. I don't think they're going to roll with Drew Locke. If they somehow strike out, then maybe they might be a team that might want to call for Teddy Bridgewater. But does the Denver Broncos really see Teddy Bridgewater as being an answer for them in 2021? Like, is that make more sense for them than having Drew Locke just chill there for one more year and then they maybe get a quarterback next year? Especially if they might have a new coaching staff if things don't work out in Denver this year. I'd imagine Vic Fangio is probably not going to be there much longer. Uh, you look at other teams out there, like the Bears already got Andy Dalton. I mean, Teddy's – I think they already have that figured out. Dalton and Foles on the roster. Those are two veteran guys. Dalton's been good in his career. Not great, but good enough to get a Cincinnati Bengals team to the playoffs with six straight years. So – Never won, but still got into the playoffs. I just look at it. The quarterback situations are pretty much settled. Houston would have made a lot of sense, but considering Deshaun Watson's legal issues, you got to think that Houston has already gotten ahead of it by signing Tyrod Taylor. And that would have been a perfect situation if Carolina could have been able to trade Teddy Bridgewater to Houston now with Deshaun Watson potentially going on to commissioner's exemplist, depending on how things play out with all his legal troubles right now. So for me, the Carolina Panthers... What makes the most sense for this organization and basically agreeing with Matt Rule said about he's not worried about what's fair and what's unfair in professional football. The best thing for this team is to keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster in 2021 just in case Sam Darnold goes down. I'm not saying you should have to assume that Sam Darnold is going to miss some time, but we've seen that he's been a little fragile when playing football. Yes, behind a bad offensive line, which currently, as we look at it with Carolina, it's not a good offensive line outside of Taylor Moten. So I'm not saying that the, it's going to be a, a terrible offensive line, but I would rather have the situation where you can bring in a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who you know can win you games. If he can do that only for two or three weeks, I think it's a lot better of a situation than if he was coming in for 17 weeks and being the starting quarterback. I'm absolutely on board the Carolina Panthers keeping Teddy Bridgewater here as their backup quarterback, even though I wouldn't want to pay $23 million for a backup quarterback. I don't see Teddy working with the team to restructure that deal at all. But, man, I think you just got to eat the money at this point in time instead of trying to pick up, like, a six-round pick because it helps you more this season to have Teddy on your roster than to get rid of him and to be relying upon Will Greer and P.J. Walker, two guys who might have potential down the road, but I don't think they're they're in the, this team's plans or any team in the National Football League's plans of potentially turning into a starting quarterback, which kind of sucks for those guys, especially Will Greer, who was drafted by a former regime, but that's just the reality of the situation. And I think the fairest thing for this team, the best thing for this team right now, is to keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster unless there's a trade that just blows him out of the water because I don't like the backup situation if Sam Darnold is going to go down to any sort of injury in 2021. NFL win totals are out. Vegas put them out there on Friday. The Panthers have one. That makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of been what I've been telling you, what my expectations are for the team prior to free agency and even now a couple days prior to the 2021 NFL draft. So I'll get into that and how realistic. Should you be going over or should you be going under? Those are for the Carolina Panthers in 2021. I'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 
This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're in the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage. So Vegas dropped the NFL win totals on Friday. The Panthers have a seven and a half win total, which falls right in line with the expectations I've been telling you guys on this show of I think right now as we look at this roster, and I felt even after last season, the Panthers going 5-11 year one of Matt Rule, that the natural progression of this team with the younger guys getting another a full offseason actually, a full offseason to be within the program, which starts actually on Monday, um, for that to happen and to add in more talent, which you've already seen with Hassan Reddick and A.J. Boye, Morgan Fox, and then you get to the draft. I just felt like the natural progression for the Carolina Panthers was for them to go from being on a 5 and 11 team to now with 17 game season to being at 7 and 10 or 8 and 9 or 9 and 8 and right there in December and early January playing meaningful football and hopefully being in the hunt for the playoffs. That then leads you to 2022 where the Panthers should be looking around the rest of the division and hoping that they now have an opportunity to go out there and win their first division title since the 2015 season where the team went 15-1 and and lost in the Super Bowl, unfortunately, to the Denver Broncos. So that's the expectations I have right now for this team is to be there at 7-10, 8-9, or 9-8. Obviously, 9-8 would be the one I'd like. 7.5 wins out total makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, what, I, what would I bet right now? I, mean, I don't bet at all, but, I mean, I probably would go... I'd probably go over. I could see them winning eight games next year. I, it would not surprise me. And I felt this way, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold, that quarterback, that I felt like this team, they were obviously competitive last year. Of course, we can go back and point to the failings of Teddy Bridgewater and this offense and those last drives where they were unable to either tie or win the game. Those are missed opportunities, to quote Ron Rivera and the past regime. But seriously, they could have been a team that could have won eight games last year or nine games like you just split the difference there and they go four and four in those situations instead of oh and eight then they are a what a nine and seven football team that might have been enough i think to get them into the playoffs last year so you would think reasonably especially if they are better at the quarterback spot with sam Darnold, which i'm not quite sure that's going to happen or not but you would imagine that they would be able to at least capitalize on those situations and with the nfl your record in one-score games is pretty much dictates whether you're a good team or not. Last year, Carolina, not a good team because they lost a bunch of those. And you go back to the Ron Rivera era, the years where they won a bunch of close games and one-score games, those are the years they went to the playoffs. The years where they didn't win those games, 
those are the years that they did not go to the playoffs. And just the way that the NFL works, it basically goes one year you get all the luck and win the close games, and the next year you basically don't get any luck. So I would just imagine that luck's going to circle around for Carolina this year to where the Panthers could be a team that I think is going to have a lot more success in one-score games. And it would also help if every time they're in a one-score game, they're not needing to go down the field in the final two minutes to go either tie or win the game. Like, that's part of the problem is what were they doing the 58 minutes prior that put them in the situation where they needed to rely on Teddy Bridgewater and this offense to go down there and score for them? Now, yes, your quarterback has to go down there and get it done for you. And Sam Darnold, that's going to be his job. And that's really the one thing I'm looking at outside of just turnovers with Sam Darnold is are you going to be able to seize the opportunity, seize the moment, and go down the field and take this team to go win a game late? Like, if he can do that, then that's already an improvement for what we saw last year. Even though I've said time and time again, I don't 100% put it all on Teddy Bridgewater. There were certainly plenty of moments, like the Falcons game, where there was the interception to DJ Moore when he had Curtis Samuel open underneath. That was a bad offense. The offensive line was terrible all night. So they weren't any good. But that situation wasn't great. The Chicago game, another situation, not good for them. Um, that. That cluster bleep of a drive against Minnesota where they could have gone up 10. He had DJ Moore wide open, and he misses him. And the Panthers, of course, go down and lose that game. So there's so many situations where he needed to be better. So Sam Darnold can at least do that. Then this team, I can absolutely see them getting the over in that 7.5 win total. Like my expectations, I would probably go 8-9 and nine right now as we look at it. 9-8 and eight certainly is in play. I mean, it's so weird to say these, like, nine, just the 17, I hate 17 games. The odd number is just so weird. Maybe 10 and 7 is in play. Like, when you look at it, for the rest of, I mean, look at the rest of the division also. Like, the Buccaneers, they're 11 and a half, Saints are 9 and a half, Falcons are 7. In the NFC, if you're just going to break it down in terms of, like, how teams would factor in when you come down to their win total, like, Buccaneers are top with 11 and a half, Packers would be a 2 seed with 11. The Rams, three seed with the 10 and a half. Cowboys, nine and a half for the four seed. Then wildcard teams will be Seattle has 10. Uh, 49ers have 10. And the Saints with nine and a half. The Carolina in the NFC, they, fact, they, sit, they fit in at 12th. Right next to the Chicago Bears who have seven and a half. And then the Eagles, Giants, and Falcons all are at seven. So right then and there tells you they're going to be a team that's going to be in the mix. Now, will they get to above that? We'll see. And looking at the schedule, it was already out. We don't know the dates, but we know the teams. Obviously, every year in the NFC South, play Tampa, Atlanta, and New Orleans, home and away. So, I mean, the Tampa games didn't go great last year. I would hope the Panthers would be more competitive this year. Atlanta, I don't have a, much nice things to say about the Falcons this year. Like, their defense was absolute garbage last year. We've seen how that franchise is unable to hold on to any kind of leads. So, I feel pretty good about the Atlanta games, even though the Panthers won last year on Thursday night was just an embarrassment, the way that they played in that game. That was a game that they should have won. Um, New Orleans, I who knows what that team's going to be with Jameis or Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. I'm going to assume Jameis because I don't think Sean Payton's that dumb to have Taysom Hill out there. But they did go 3-1 last year in those games that Drew Brees missed and Taysom Hill had to be the starting quarterback for the Saints. So that's still a good roster. And it should still be a team that's right there in the wildcard hunt and maybe even battling for the division with Tampa Bay, even though I don't think that's going to be the case. We got home games against Washington. Won that game last year. Uh, of course, Dwayne Haskins was a big reason why. And also, Curtis Samuel had an awesome game that day, and this was a good defense. Um, Philly, 
The Eagles aren't very good. That's a home game. The Jets, of course, they're going to be starting a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. That is a, a just a dumpster fire of an organization. New England with Cam Newton coming to town. Bill Belichick went out there and spent a ton of money in free agency. And I'm very curious to see what he's going to do on draft night, especially if they're a team that wants to trade up and get a quarterback. But I think Cam's going to be the starting quarterback there regardless. But New England should be better. And they're going to be a team that's going to benefit from guys coming back who opted out. Minnesota at home. Kirk Cousins, like, come on. At Dallas, Dak will be back, so that will make that one difficult. The Giants on the road, I don't really see the Giants being that big of a threat. Now they've added some pieces around Daniel Jones, their quarterback. At Buffalo will obviously be probably one of their toughest games, if not their toughest game all season, outside of Tampa, of course. Um, at Miami will be will be even more difficult. A team that won 10 games last year. At Arizona, a team that they beat last year, um, certainly. Could be a tough one, depending on it's, it's a year with Cliff Kingsbury. He needs to go out there and win. And that's proved that he is the right guy for Kyler Murray, the former number one overall pick. And in Houston, again, how things are going to play out with Deshaun Watson, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at that schedule, just looking at it right now as we sit here in mid-April, two weeks from the draft, and thinking, yeah, absolutely, seven and a half win total. Man, I'm taking it over. I think that's a team that can win eight or nine games with the way things are playing out. Again, it's a week-to-week league. We don't know who's going to get injured yet. We don't know who's going to miss what games because that's the part of that's part of football. All those certain things that will factor in, we will find out down the road. But right now, when I look at who they have to play and what they have on their roster right now, the Carolina Panthers, that seven and a half win total, I'm taking the over. I'm taking eight, potentially even nine games that they win this year in 2021. Now, something that they need to figure out prior to that is, of course, the 2021 NFL draft starting next Thursday. Now, Friday night, though, Thursday I already have figured out. Off of the tackle, I think, is obviously what the Carolina Panthers need to do. Of course, some are going to argue they should still draft a quarterback. I understand where you're coming from there, because if you're not a believer in Sam Darnold, which I'm not really a believer in Sam Darnold, then it probably would make a lot of sense for you to get a quarterback. But still, I think if you just keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster, the Panthers at least have two capable starting quarterbacks on their roster. Now, I mean, capable still, eh, maybe not capable, but still two guys who are starters, and you can win with them. How much you can win with them, that's really the question. But as far as the second round and at number 39, there is a multitude of ways the Carolina Panthers could go with that pick. And I'm trying to figure out what should be the priority for the Carolina Panthers at 39 if they do indeed stay right there in the early part of the second round. So I'm going to get into that in just a moment. I've been telling you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They now have 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, along with the 12 original flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and peanut butter brownie. And here's a cool thing. If you're a fan of the orange flavor or the raspberry flavor, you also get 100% chocolate on the bars because every single bar is covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Another great thing about Built Bar is they're healthy. Great for anyone who's health conscious and who's trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bar is just for you. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who's on that keto diet or anyone who's on any sort of diet whatsoever and wants to indulge in a delicious treat like Built Bar. Go to the website quickly, thebiltbar.com, where you can earn a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team, search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. All right, so it's very similar for me. With the Carolina Panthers, when they went out and traded this year's six, a compensatory pick, next year's second and fourth, that Sam Darnold is their starting quarterback. And that that's the guy that they need to build around and hope that at the age of 23, going to be 24 when the season starts, formerly a number three overall pick out of Southern Cal, that in this situation, with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and his old buddy Robbie Anderson, Dan Arnold, David Moore, and hopefully an improved offensive line, that this team can help save Sam Darnold, playing under as well. Matt Rule, who he really messed with. Matt Rule applied for the job with the Jets. Scott Fitterer, a GM who liked him coming out of college. And Joe Brady, one of the young, best young minds in the NFL when it comes to offensive play calling. So that's the situation that we're hoping here in Carolina is that Sam Darnold is going to work out. So for me, at eight, it's very simple. Take a left tackle. If Panay Sewell somehow drops and the Bengals don't take him at five, you take him at eight. If Sewell's gone, you take Slater at eight. I don't care what quarterbacks are on the board. Wide receivers, like, yes, God, Jamar Chase would be amazing to have. But I really think that the Carolina Panthers, it should be very simple for them. You see a left tackle on that board. If you like Slater because he's more versatile, and that's what this team is really about, is getting younger and versatility, where you could have Slater be a tackle, or if in the future, maybe be a guard. I'm not really trying to draft a guard at number eight overall, though, which is why I want Panay Sewell. But I do understand that the ethos that they have when it comes to the guys that they've added recently and really in the two years that Matt Rule's been here so far, I guess just not even two years, really, but over a year he's been here, that they really like the versatility. So Slater might make more sense. I've seen a lot of mocks actually have them taking Slater with Panay Sewell going after him. So that might be what they prefer. Again, Panay Sewell re-riot. But left tackle, that should be the priority for the Carolina Panthers at 8. Now, 39 in the second round, I could see this organization going in a ton of different directions. Like, first off, I'll start off with corner. That's the one I've mainly seen. I think Todd McShay had Asante Samuels Jr. I believe another mock draft I saw had him mocked to the Carolina Panthers. That's the cornerback out of Florida State. Corner would make a lot of sense, especially with Dante Jackson going into a contract here. We're not quite sure what we have in Dante. I think this coaching staff likes Dante Jackson, especially the fact that he battled through that toe injury last year, opposed to sitting out like a guy like Eli Apple, who they tried to bet on, and it didn't really work out. I think they like Dante. Do they like him enough to give him another deal past the season? It really depends on how he performs. And I don't think anyone knows how he's going to perform. I hope he performs well. I also don't know if he's going to be a number one corner ever in the NFL. I think he can be a solid corner, but is he going to be a number one guy? Not sure. Adding A.J. Boye, 
allowed the Carolina Panthers not really have to feel like they needed to get a starting corner right there at number one overall, at number eight, which they could still do. But I still think it's a left tackle. So in the second round, they could go corner. And they could protect themselves from A.J. Boyo not working out and they needing a new corner. And the same thing with Dante Jackson. He's not working out and they need a new corner. Because, of course, Troy Pride Jr. going his third year next year hopefully would be ready to step up and be a starter in the case that both Boye and Dante Jackson leave. Or if just one of them leave, that he can step in there. So corner could absolutely be an option. Wide receiver could be an option. I think as deep as wide receiver class is and how it's going to be as deep as, like, this is how wide receiver classes are going to be moving forward. Like, you're going to have those top guys that go in the first round, but you're going to be able to get really good players later on in the draft. Like you saw with Gabe Davis up in Buffalo and Darnell Moody, who's up there in Chicago. Like, you can find really good players in the second and third and fourth rounds. I mean, really in the third or fourth or fifth round at wide receiver, and I'd have to worry about really putting a ton of draft capital. But as I spoke about last week, it would make sense considering that Robbie Anderson contract year. Would you rather have a rookie wide receiver on a four-year contract there? Or would you rather pay Robbie Anderson big money? Now, you can afford to do that because, you. Can, I mean, DJ Moore, you won't have to pay him immediately. They probably wouldn't need to pay him next offseason as well. But he would at least have another year of his deal going in there with the fifth-year option that they're going to exercise by May 3rd. So wide receiver is an option. Safety. I've talked about Richie Grant, a guy that Matt Rule, he's a safety out of UCF. Richie Grant, a guy that Matt Rule said at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, of all the players that they coached that week, that's the guy that they would love to have on their roster. I've seen him mock to Carolina. Justin Burris, who just got engaged, congratulations to him. I don't know if he's going to be a long-term fit here in Carolina. Certainly he had his moments last year. I don't think he was really bad at all. I think he was just a solid, fine player. But is he going to be that player that's going to be the best option for you at safety long-term? I'm not quite so sure. So, and I'd probably lean no. So why not have Richie Grant out there, a kid that they already like, playing next to Jeremy Chin, and you have two really nice safeties moving forward here in Carolina and two guys who could be some of the stalwarts in your defense. And with Chin, it's not like he's just primarily just a safety. Like, Chin can move up and play linebacker, as we saw last year. So it doesn't even make you feel like, oh, we got two safeties. We can only pay one, not pay both. Well, in that situation, considering the positional flexibility that they love, it could really work out moving forward if Richie Grant is a pick that they have there at 39. I've also seen offensive guard, and I brought this up, that it would be great to get your left tackle there, and you have Moten, who hopefully by July 15th or sometime this season, the Carolina Panthers will extend. He's already signed the franchise tag, getting about $3.6 million this year. If they could have their tackles set for the next five years, that would be awesome, especially with Sewell or Slater there at left tackle. Then, inside, they've signed Pat Elfline. Positional flexibility again. He can play center. He can play guard. Is he going to be good enough for them to want to have him be here long term? We'll find out. Cam Irving. I don't see him really being here past much this past season, this upcoming season, but still, Cam Irving, they gave him $8 million guaranteed, former first-round pick, maybe here in Carolina, he might finally find success. He can play guard or tackle. But they need to find three new interior linemen going to next season, probably. John Miller, one-year deal. So I don't really – he's not probably not going to be back here in Carolina next year unless he's like an all-pro this year. And then that might price him out of Carolina. So they need to find guard. And it wouldn't kill me at all to see them get like a Landon Dickerson, like uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. had mocked. Because he – again, the possessional flexibility. You, you hear the trend? He could be that guy that could fit in there and be a center or be a guard long-term for the Carolina Panthers. So they have a ton of options at 39. The priority, God, it's still for me, is probably offensive guard 
or just offensive line, period. I just think that they really need to focus on getting this offensive line together and building around Sam Darnold. You already have the weapons around him. You can try and prioritize to keep Robbie Anderson here next offseason. I mean, at least you have David Moore as well. They could always draft a receiver later on in the draft that could eventually turn out to be that for, that uh, number two guy to DJ Moore in the future. Corner, you have two corners right now that are starters in Boye and Jackson. We don't know whether Dante is going to end up being that guy. We're not really sure whether A.J. Boye is going to return to somewhere close to that 2017 Pro Bowl level. But I don't think you need to really be that concerned about it. Safety, I don't know how they feel about Burris, but safety would be great if they get Richie Grant. So for me, I think offensive guard, offensive line, center, or guard, that should be the priority at number two. I know it's crazy. I'm all about the offensive line at this point. You've heard me say that. But, man, I just really want to make sure that Sam Donald's protected so he has the best opportunity to be successful here in Carolina and whoever ends up being the starting quarterback. Even if they go and if they somehow draft the guy at eight, I want whatever quarterback is here in Carolina to not have to worry about the offensive line, which has been a problem here for years. So that concludes another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, pretty much anywhere. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Counts. That's at Julian Counts on Twitter. Get in your mailbag questions now for the Friday edition of the mailbag that we're going to be doing weekly throughout the rest of the offseason and potentially into the season. Thank you all so much. I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.